Karibu AMG Realtors. We have specialized in selling of land across the country in areas like Nanyuki, Naivasha, Nakuru, Juja, Kagunda Road, Malindi and the Abadeas. Contact us today for land investment solutions and have your title deed delivered within 60 days upon completion of payment. SMS AMG to 402 or call us on plus 254-748-229-941. AMG Realtors, we don't just deal in land, we deal in value. Thank you so much, Princess, for being on the We Don't Play podcast show today. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's, this is something we've been planning to do for a while now. It's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it has, but I'm so happy we finally got the chance to do it. And you're here now, and we're definitely looking forward to hearing your expert tips because you have done amazing things for the production and for the community. So I'm so excited that you're here today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're most welcome. So tell us more about who you are, what you do, and you know what's going on in your life right now. Okay. Um, so my name is Princess. I am a producer and owner of a production company. We do video production. Um, we specialize in film, television, commercials, music videos, and branded content. Um, so honestly, like content, content is king at this point. So whatever we need to you know, capture visually and uh, for anyone or any of our clients, um, we try to provide that service. Um, we've been in business for about six years now, um, and I absolutely love it. I love employing people. I love, you know, allowing people's ideas to come to life and um, being a part of that. So it's just fulfilling in every sense of the way. That's amazing. You mentioned six years ago. So... Tell us more about how this all started. Like, where did this spring up from? Oh, wow. Okay, so I have to go a little farther. <laughs> okay. Um, so, actually, my career in entertainment started as me being a background dancer. Hmm. I was a background dancer for 10 years, and I traveled the world on tour with many artists. Um, and I absolutely loved it. So, I always tell people that God allowed me to live out my dream and now I'm living in my second phase of life and I'm still very young to be doing that so I'm very thankful and that's why for me I'm always like really passionate about having dreamers become doers and like that's really a part of what I do so um, from dance all of the artists that I was dancing for I was just a power networker so I would talk to the artists their management team I would talk to the janitor. <laughs> it didn't matter. Anybody who worked in the space that I was working in, the stage managers, the wardrobe stylists, all of that stuff, I would just make sure I garnered relationships with them because I knew I wanted to do something more. And I knew that every component of the, of, of the people that were a part of the tours or the commercials or the TV shows that I was dancing for, I knew that they would be instrumental in what I wanted to create. I didn't know what it was, but I know I wanted to create something. So, um, Basically, what I did is I started my first company, which is called Beyond the Steps, and that was an entertainment consulting company. So we did consulting and coaching for aspiring talent. If you wanted to be a singer, a dancer, a model, an actor, um, we started to really develop you, train you, and teach you about the business of the industry. Um, as a dancer, you know, I would come home from tour, and I would travel the world on someone else's dime and still get paid for it, and I would love it. But I would see some of my counterparts who were still in that 
struggling artist phase and they didn't have the business savvy that I had. And sometimes it would limit them because I tell everybody I was not the best dancer in the world. You know, there's people who could outdance me, but there was no one who could out network me and there was no one who can outwork me. And so those things are things that I wanted to instill in other people who wanted to become not just dreamers, but doers. So I started a consulting company and, um, and that's also, um, so from there, I was, you know, still doing arts development, still choreographing, still traveling as a dancer. And um, a lot of the artists that um, I I danced for, you know, when I stopped dancing for them and, and started really saying I want to take a seat back and do other things, um, I, I, actually, I'm, I'm going to go back because I didn't stop dancing by myself. I didn't want to stop dancing. I actually... God told me to stop dancing, you know, and I was being disobedient. <laughs> and I was just like, nope, I'm gonna dance, I'm gonna dance. I'm, I'm just gonna keep on doing it until my knees buckle, you know? And um, it was at the peak of my career, I literally was on about four tours at the same time. And something happened to each of the artists. Two of them got sick. One of them had allegations and was in court. And then the other one, did, actually the tour stopped. So I'm at the peak of my career, dancing with multiple artists, traveling to different places, and abruptly, things changed. And um, honestly, I tell people, it was just God telling me to sit down and listen. You know, so from there, that's how I started my company. Um, and it was really just to pour into the next generation of people who wanted to do what I was doing and what I was blessed to do. Um, so yeah, so... Uh, when I stopped dancing and started just wanting to be more behind the scenes and, and helping others, um, that's when I started doing the, the consulting company. And then um, after finding like places for them, um, after developing that talent and honing in on teaching them the business aspect, I honestly just wanted to create a job placement program. So I was like, well, what can I do? Well, I got talent. Let's have a casting company. So let me uh, let me start a casting company so that I can actually employ them. So um, that's how Beyond Castings and Productions came about. I was helping you know new artists do their videos. You know, lower budget, but I was putting it together. Um, I remember I was working for one talent who was signed to Flowrider, and you know, as a new artist, you may not get the biggest budget, so you still got to call in favors. So she called me. And she was asking me for a couple of things and I was just getting it done, not knowing that I was doing anything special, just thinking I was helping someone who needed assistance. And I remember going to the video shoot and we had like a horse in the video that I got. We had like a, six dancers that I got. We had a warehouse space, a, um, a condo downtown that was just like a friend of mine's, like just got all these things together and the director you know, was like asking people, oh, who got this and who got this? And everyone was like, oh, princess, princess, princess. So he said, who's princess? So he comes up to me and he's like, um, what do you do? I said, nothing. I'm just here helping a friend, you know? And he's like, no, you're a producer. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so at that point I went to look up what a producer was, what the different types of producers, the different types of producers and just kind of really study you know what that what it means to be called a producer and i realized it was stuff that i was doing innately like stuff that there was just you know 
things that I love to do. I wanted to connect people. I, I had resources because I speak to everyone, you know. And so it became very easy. Um, I went to school for accounting, so I love numbers. So I knew how to, you know, budget, you know. So it just really, you know, fell into my lap. So I had the, the job placement, which was casting the talent that I was developing. And now I was helping people, but I was really producing. So that was the birth of my casting and production company called Beyond Casting. So that's how I fell into this world of entertainment. That's beautiful. I feel like if you didn't go through those processes, you wouldn't have gotten to where you are today because that was a lesson you had to learn. And being stubborn sometimes is a good thing, but it's also like a detrimental thing. Yes, definitely. Like when I tell you, I was like, what? Person, just listen, because now I'm sitting here not knowing what to do, but he's already told you what to do, you know, and it was just about me listening and being obedient. And when I did that, I, my life is so much better. So I really enjoy the space that I'm in right now. And it was all because I listened to God's word. So that's true. That's a big fact. You know, once you have that faith and you know that this is the way to go, everything else starts falling into your lap. Like you said, the naming of the company, the people mm -hmm. you need, the talents, you know, the casting, all those things just come into play because you're in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Okay. Okay. I like that. It, <laughs> it, it definitely gives me more motivation now to, and also for those listening to know exactly what their calling is and what they need to do because some people always know, oh, I want to do this. I want to do accounting, but how does accounting connect to casting like you wouldn't exactly. think of that but it's like there's a reason why i had to go through that because i'm going to use those skills for something else so yeah, it definitely, definitely brought it back into the fold now i wanted to find out right when you're casting because when people think about casting whether it's for a commercial or for a, a series or a video you know a video shoot or a photo shoot what are the major things that you look out for especially in the budget because that's what really controls the production so um, we're talking about kind of about two separate things. So yeah. producing and casting are totally different. When I'm going into casting, I'm thinking about the talent and how their work ethic is and how professional they're going to be. And also if they're the right person for the role. Um, so I'm not necessarily thinking about the budget when I'm casting. But when I'm producing, of course, that's literally the first thing. I'm breaking down the creative and then seeing how I can budget every line item that is in the production. So whatever you see on the screen, there's a number attached to it. Whether it's in the number of um, actors and extras that are there, whether it's the number of cars, whether it's the number of houses and locations that, that's there, whether it's the, um, the decoration on top of the desk that's props, you know? So there's a number attached to everything that you see on the screen. So as a producer, that's like, you know, the number one outside of just making sure that we bring the creative to life. Okay. And now when you think about budgeting, because some videos, they look like low budget, some look like high budget, and some videos that are high budget may not get the hit. Some videos that are low budget may get that push or that virality. So what determines those factors? Are there, are there common factors you can look at that can determine that kind of output? If it's going to be a, a low budget or a high um, budget video, mm -hmm. looking wise, or yeah. okay, so it's two part because also the marketing of the video, and I will say, let, let me start there because some, like you said, you know, sometimes it could be low budget, but for some reason it goes viral, mm -hmm. and I think at this time, day and age, honestly, because of social media 
and the fact that we can create stuff on our iPhones, we can create reels, and people like the authenticity of that, the realness of it. So people gravitate towards that versus an overly produced product, right? Because people can relate to it. So there are times where, you know, we probably put in 5,000, 10,000 in a video, which is low budget for anybody with a label attached to them. And those things skyrocket, you know? And then we can put half a meal in a video and we get play for two weeks and that's it. Mm. So um, it's really about the marketing of it. It's also about, you know, um, what the consumer is ready, ready to consume at that point. And then it's also about the talent, the artist or the client, you know, and what their particular brand, you know, um, whatever their brand is that they, you know, put out there. If they're more of an authentic brand and a genuine brand and they talk about like, you know, and they have like this, you know, personal branding that comes to it that's very relatable and then we put something overproduced, it's not going to go, it's not going to rate high because that's not who they are, you know? So it has to align with who they are, whether it's a business or an artist. Um, It has to really relate with who they are and what they bring out. Um, But as far as... um, low budget and and, and high budget items sometimes a low budget video can look that way because of where they put the money it can literally be a $200,000 video but still look low budget because we spent $50,000 on wardrobe but Mm. we spent $2,000 on a camera you know so it really depends and that's why it really makes a good producer because we push for those things like I don't want that. We have 200000 I want to spend 20000 on the camera department and Genie, which is our lighting department. I want to spend that much there because I don't want to waste the money on styling when we can, you know, yes, I know you want to wear Versace and Gucci or whatever you want to wear, and that's understandable, but let's rent those items. Let's find someone who can give us those items, you know, versus spending money on those items, and then what's on camera doesn't look good anymore because we spent so much money on styling and the writer and the crafting and the lunch that we were eating but we didn't spend any money on you know what we're actually capturing so um, it really just depends on you know what type of producer you are what you're willing to fight for because sometimes there is pushback from the artist or the client or the you know the network and you know you're like hey I want to for me I want to make sure the creative looks great and then I want to also make sure that my crew is taken care of but those those are usually my two biggest things like whatever we're capturing needs to look like money you know and then also my crew needs to take home some money you know so those those are usually what I what I look for but you know low budget and and higher budget videos really depends on what you how you you know maneuver that money that you do have because you can make a $5,000 video look great, you know, and some people don't realize you can do that. And I've done it a couple times. Um, and just by also pulling favors, there's, as a producer, you're as good as your network. And that's why, you know, I felt like when I was doing the dancing stuff, God was really placing me in, in those places to connect with other people that love what they do. So some people do it as favors you know some people do it for a very low rate and i'm able when i get a bigger budget i'm able to get you on that one too and now it balances out you know um but a good producer also uses their their network to make sure that we can get if we don't have the the money we have the resources facts 
thank you for that. That's definitely very comprehensive, and I think a lot of people will learn about how they see it because now when they watch a music video, they're gonna look at that napkin. <laughs> they're gonna look at that that car. They're like, okay, we see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So when it comes to the marketing, this is one of the last questions I want to ask so that people can take this and really digest it. For artists who are coming up and they have a marketing budget, they have a video budget, they have a wardrobe budget. Now, producer hat on. What would they do to, and how much would they, you know, allocate percentage-wise for marketing and for how long? Because you know, songs you have to probably drop a video and an audio. It probably may take three months. Your song might blow it next year. You don't know what's going to happen. So, how do you really practice and also plan for those type of results? Well, I always tell people, especially if we're if I'm working with newer talent, um, and I don't do it as much anymore because. Um, usually they don't don't have the funds to market what they they have and i think um if we give them a good product it still goes nowhere because they didn't think about the marketing budget so i'm glad that you also put those things in separate categories the production budget and the marketing budget even for a big label they always have a marketing budget that's separate from my production budget so one i think independent artists need to understand that you know there has to be a marketing side and there's a production side so that you can actually get it to the masses um i say rule of thumb is at least 30 percent of what you spend on your video needs to go to marketing but it should be increased to about 50 percent so if you don't have 30 percent of what you spent on your music video to put into the marketing budget then just don't shoot the video until you raise the funds Ooh. you know yeah and, and i mean that's just if you if you're going to spend ten thousand on a video, you know, at least be able to do some Facebook ads, do some, you know what I'm saying? Like do some, something on YouTube, do, um, do a a proper launch, you know, versus it just being, I have this much money for a video and now it's wasted because you're mad because you have three views and no one's seeing the product, you know? So, you know, I just, I just feel like if you don't have it, wait till you do because if you have an amazing song amazing record and a great classic visual if it's out this summer or next summer it's still going to be great you know so if you believe in your product like there's songs and records and videos that we remember from michael jackson and janet jackson scream that was shot what 15 years ago we're still thinking about that video not just the record but the video too you know so it's just like if it's a great if it's a great product I promise you to wait. It's okay. You know, let's do it the right way. Exactly. That's a big yeah. pro tip. Thank you for that. that. That has definitely cleared out a lot of things for people because they're like, how much do I spend on this? That's, you gave a perfect answer. So I'm so glad that you're <laughs> able to help people with that. This has been an amazing discussion. I'm definitely bringing you back for part two. This this is just like a little <laughs> teaser. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm I cannot wait. <laughs> Definitely. If, if there are ways people can connect with you, you know, what are the options they have? If they want to book you, if they want to, you know, inquire from you, like what are the options they have available? Um, they can definitely reach. Um, sorry about that. They can definitely reach me um, on social media. It's Princess Benuzi. Um, Princess is my last name, N-B-A-N-U-Z-E. Um, they can also reach out to, on our website, um, beyondcastingsproductions.com. Um, 
and they can email me um, info at beyondcastingsproductions.com <laughs> <laughs> awesome we're going to put that in the description and in the show notes for people who have what, just have a direct access to it so they can reach out to you and I'm so glad that this has been an opportunity that we've taken and it's, it's happened so we're definitely going to bring it back for sure and let people at least use the summer 2022 to understand what to do today so that next year they're not doing the same mistakes they did the previous year exactly yeah i appreciate you well thank you so much for having me you're welcome anytime anytime